This podcast is brought to you by Crisp. It is a software that automatically mutes background noise in any communication app. No more embarrassing dog barks, traffic noises, crying babies, and family chatters when you're doing your calls from home or the nearby cafe. With Crisp, those noises will be muted and your caller will not be able to hear any of them. Not only is it able to remove background noises, it can also even remove the ones coming from your caller. So all you get is high-quality audio without the distractions. Crisp supports any devices and over 800 apps such as Zoom, Teams and WebEx. Try out the world's best AI-powered noise-cancelling technology for free. Simply go to adriantan.com.sg crisp to get started. This podcast is brought to you by Grammarly. Compose bold, clear, mistake-free writing with Grammarly's AI-powered writing assistant. With Grammarly, your grammar will be perfect every time, whether it is a business proposal, emails or your resumes. It automatically points out grammatical mistakes and provides a one-click feature to make that correction for you. From grammar and spelling to style and tone, Grammarly helps you eliminate errors and find the perfect words to express yourself. Grammarly works on Gmail, Twitter, LinkedIn and all your favourite websites. It even works on your phone and tablet too. Now everyone can be a great writer and write brilliantly. Get started for free and find out what you can accomplish with the power of Grammarly at your fingertips. Go to adriantan.com.sg slash Grammarly to download Grammarly onto your devices today. Welcome to the Adrian Tan Show. This is my podcast where I have deep conversations with the people who are enabling organizations to become ready for the future of work. My guests include a mindfulness coach, the folks behind Singapore's most popular investment app, and many more. They all have one thing in common, and that is to level up your organizations through your people. Welcome to episode 33. My guest today is Eugene Goh. He is the co-founder of Talentcraft, a strategy consultancy that focuses on helping clients build better teams through a combination of consulting and training. They use methods of top consulting firms to help organizations solve talent challenges and leverage technology to enable scalable solutions for talent selection and training. Eugene started his career in the civil service before spending eight and a half years at the Boston Consulting Group. After Boston Consulting Group, Eugene worked on a number of startups before starting Talentcraft. He has a Master of Science in Economics for Development and a BA in Politics, Philosophy and Economics, both from the University of Oxford. Please welcome my guest, Eugene Goh. Hi Eugene, thank you for coming on to the show. Yep, thanks for having me. Very excited to be here. You're most welcome. So tell us more about Talentcraft and what problem is it trying to solve? Talentcraft, we see ourselves as a strategy consulting firm that helps clients build better teams. So we, some, we do consulting work in particularly in the areas of talent attraction and talent retention, targeting SMEs and startups because we feel like they are a bit underserved when it comes to high quality consulting solutions for their challenges. We also do work around training and screening with a focus on using the case interview methodology from consulting firms to test candidates for problem-solving skills, for you know, business acumen, the kind of things that we find are very important for many jobs but have traditionally been very difficult to test. So that's kind of the two or three main things that we do as a company. Listeners who may not be familiar with the case interview methodology, could you elaborate on that? Sure. So the, a case interview is typically a 30-minute discussion where you interviewer will give the candidate a business scenario 
So your client is experiencing declining profitability or your client is deciding whether or not they should enter a new market or launch a new product. And the idea is that the candidate has a 30-minute uh, discussion with the interviewer on how they would approach this problem, what data they would need, what they would do with the data, and then how do they come to a recommendation. So the, the consulting firms like uh, Boston Consulting Group, McKinsey, they use the case interview as a simulation of actual work, and they're able to test how the candidate thinks, how well they're able to structure uh, approach to a problem, how good are they working with data, business judgment, and also the ability to focus on what's important and come to clear recommendations, which is very much the skill set that they would need on the job. So the case interview as a construct, I think, is a good way to test for that kind of uh, thinking, but also communication, right? because you need to be able to articulate your thoughts, you need to be able to ask the right questions, and you need to be able to communicate your ideas in a way that is compelling, but also clear. So that's the, the, the idea of a case interview. We see this being used in more companies. So we hear that some of the large tech firms like Amazon are using it for some parts of their interview. We also have heard that you know, even smaller firms are starting to use business cases as part of their interview process. That's really interesting. And what motivated you to be involved? What were you doing before this? So I used to work at BCG. I was a consultant there for almost nine years. And I used to do a lot of interviewing. So I think I did more than 300 interviews while I was there. So I had a lot of time to think about what we are doing and how we are doing it. So I think a couple of points. One is that I believe that it is a useful way to test for these important skills, as I mentioned. But it's also very difficult for most companies to do it because you would need interviewers who have experience and in a way also like the confidence to run the, a case interview in a good way to give you consistent, reliable results. So one part of it is you know, trying to help more people use the case interview methodology in their selection process. But even with the consulting firms, we actually do we do we are working with one of the largest consulting firms in the world on this, helping them to improve the efficiency because the case interview is a very time-consuming, you know, face-to-face -face human interaction typically. So trying to see if there is a way to use technology to automate some parts of the process and uh, improve the efficiency and increase the pipeline of candidates that they see. Right. So there's a couple of uh, different ideas there. But I think, you know, while working in consulting and since then uh, in different startups, I recognize the challenge of trying to find good people on the one hand for companies, but also actually trying to cast the net wider for good talent, right? Because one of the problems is people look at CVs and then they make a very quick judgment without being able to actually test the skill sets and capabilities of the people. So one strand of what we do is by automating it uh, we believe we can actually open the funnel a little bit wider and let companies test more people so that good people who may not have such good CVs also have an opportunity to get some of the best jobs. Before we elaborate more on that, perhaps you could also help us understand your opinion of the tr traditional interview process, given what you have seen so many times over the years. How was it like? How is it currently and what do you think can be improved on it? Right. So I guess different firms would do it differently. If I 
talk in general about the clients we have worked with in the SME and startup space. I think um, in general, interviews are an area that is under-invested. Very few companies we've spoken to train their interviewers. Very few companies have a well-structured scorecard, which makes it easy for the interviewer to uh, remember what they need to test and to assess the candidates in a consistent way. And so therefore, we've seen lots of clients with very loose interview processes, inconsistent, also quite inefficient. So for example, one of the clients we work with, they used to have like three people for one and a half hours in the first round to do the first round screening. So that's almost five man hours when you include like decision and discussion time to do the first round screening. And so that was unsustainable as they were trying to increase the number of people that they hired. So we, so there, I think like interviews, super important. Everyone recognizes that, but few companies, especially the smaller SMEs and startups have invested the time and effort to really make it a efficient, but also effective process, right? Both in the process perspective and also upskilling the interviewers in their team. They almost treat it like, hey, you are senior enough, you just go and interview and expect people to somehow know what to do. Yeah, completely agree on that. And in my history of doing recruitment, I've also seen quite a number of instances where companies would relegate to very weird metrics in order to decide who to hire. I'm not sure if we shared this with you before, but I've seen a Chinese company that actually hire based on horoscope. And I've also met with this partner, managing partner of an audit accounting firm. And they're quite a large one. And he personally would not want to bring in anyone from ACS. And when <laughs> I asked him for the reason, he said, oh, because he's from Hua Chong. So they still have the schoolboy rivalry going on, which in my, in my head was really unprofessional, but it is what it is. Now, back to your case study methodology, uh, since it's heavily emphasized, is this something that cuts across on all roles or would there be certain roles which this would be more suitable for and roles that it wouldn't be suitable for? Yeah, typically roles that require problem solving or business judgment, we would say are the ones that case interviews make good sense. So if it's like a business development associate, management associate, strategy team, uh, finance team in the sense that if they are trying to uh, also drive the strategy of the company. These are some of the roles where having that kind of general problem-solving ability linked to business judgment, business acumen uh, is the most important. So definitely true that it is not for all roles, but actually more common than you expect that, that you know the case interview the skill sets that they test for turn out to be highly relevant for success in many jobs and i would say in a startup context many of the roles are so broad and what you are hired for today two or three months later you're doing something different so what you tend to need is the kind of general applicable skills and not like specific technical skills and that's where that kind of ability to think critically and in a structured way through different kinds of problems is super useful. And many companies, because of the need to hire and hire quickly, are also looking into different kind of screening tools to speed things up. 
there are companies like Pymetrics, there used to be Arctic Shores looking into heavy gamification and also many others. Would those be good alternative or a complement to what you're trying to do here? There are different aspects of a candidate that a company needs to consider to make a hiring decisions, right? So there's skills, there's kind of cultural fit, and maybe there's also personality. So some of these tests go much more towards the, like for example, Pymetrics and Arctic Shores, they were trying to test personality. They were more psychometric tests. So that's, a, I would say, a different dimension from what we would do with the case interview because that's more a skills test, right? It's not about your personality, but it's about how you think and how you communicate. So we would say that that is a different uh, category, both of which complement each other to help you make a good hire, right? Because you want someone who can perform well, but will also fit in the company and stay for a long time. Right, So there's a kind of uh, two different dimensions that you would look at. So personality and psychometric testing on the one hand and skills testing. You know, it's already quite common when you hire tech roles to give them those kind of technical tests, right? Like a code, a codility or these kinds of technical tests. So we are trying to create a, a business skills test equivalent for something like a technical test. And many companies have also begun to explore the use of AI to screen candidates. And I'm not sure if you've seen this report. It is an article on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And they actually have their AI to screen a huge number of candidates that they bring in on a regular basis. But eventually they have to script it because the AI somehow became very discriminatory. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that regarding applying AI to screen candidates. Right. I think yeah, it is currently quite controversial, but I think for a different reason than what people think. It's not so much that AI is biased or discriminating, but AI will show up the inherent biases in your existing process. Right? So I don't think that AI becomes a discrimination or discriminating kind of algorithm. It just picks up the discrimination that the humans used to do because it tries to match what the past results were, right? So in some sense, when people do it, we, we excuse it as, oh, intuition or judgment or, you know, they are, this is a, a, they are making a, a, a call based on lots of different factors, some of which are soft, some of which are hard to find. Yeah, we excuse the humans. And then when the machine does it, we're like, oh, okay, that's uh, bias. So I think the challenge is not so much that AI gets biased, but that humans were biased and the AI sort of makes it more explicit. And that creates, like, I guess, a sort of a tension for the company, right? Because they don't want to admit that they used to be biased, so they blame it on the AI. So uh, I think that that is something where over time, you know, the right now, in the short term, there needs to be some combination of AI and humans, like a, you know, a cyborg, a recruiter, which is probably what will be a good balance between the, the efficiency and scale that technology gives you, but while, we make, while retaining a kind of human judgment in the short term, more because of the need to like, maintain accountability or the ability to, to justify and explain it to, to people. But over time, as with most things, I believe that society gets quite used to you know, how technology operates. And after a while, it will, it will start to become the norm again. That's an interesting perspective. So AI is something like money. Like what they say, money doesn't change you. It actually enhances or 
amplify what you already are. So if you are a nice person, you'll be a better person. If you're an <laughs> asshole, you're just going to be a bigger <laughs> asshole. So I'd like to learn more about your training solution because talent acquisition or recruitment is just one aspect of what you're doing. You also mentioned about talent management, specifically on training. Could you share a bit more on that? Yeah, so we've been doing problem-solving training in a traditional way, kind of the live sessions or more recently like Zoom sessions where we teach people how we would approach problem-solving and then do like breakouts and discussions to let them apply the concepts they have learned in a, on, either on like a Harvard, school business, Harvard Business School case or on a real uh, organizational challenge that they are facing. So that's the traditional model. We are exploring how to move this to a more blended model where most of the content can be delivered online, right? So for example, video recordings, like shorter videos with explaining different parts of the concepts and then exercises and quizzes to make sure that they've understood it. Then uh, bring people in for a live discussion. Again, online or Zoom, we can, we can do with both. But getting them to then apply the concept they've learned and make sure that they've really understood what is, what is being discussed. So we already have a, a, a version of this that is, again, a little bit more focused on consulting case interviews. So helping people who are interested to break into consulting to understand what the case is, what the essential skills are, and give them some chance to practice some of those elements of the skills. And we are also looking to then expand the range of skills that we train to cover both people who are already in a company, but also we've heard, had a lot of interest from like universities and for companies that are arranging for internships and especially virtual internships to help the students prepare for their roles by giving them some practical skills, right? So they have a lot of academic knowledge, but they may not really know how to translate that into actual practical problem solving. So I'm not sure if you've heard of this recent trend around virtual internships, but because of the, of the COVID pandemic, lots of students that used to do, used to like either do overseas internships or you know, live internships in person, they are increasingly doing this remotely. So we, we in Talentcraft, for example, have had interns in Saudi Arabia. We have currently interns in uh, Chile and in the UK. So the, one of the challenges of working remotely is like you don't have the opportunity to coach them you know, as you normally would with an intern, right? So if you, if you accept that most interns are already often a little bit neglected and not given enough coaching, then the remote ones are even worse, right? Because you only see them uh, on the screen for a few hours each day. So we, we see a lot of interest in helping the students to become like work ready, right? So that when they, they have, they can do more uh, with less guidance from the host organization or from the employer. And so that's one of the areas that we are looking to train, like practical problem solving skills for people who are uh, looking for jobs or starting in internships. Got it. And how do you charge a company when it comes to your training or your uh, recruitment solution? So training tends to be on a number of participants. That's the standard formula. We are, of course, 
always happy to explore if people wanted to do like hey we want to you know do it for the whole company uh, can we do it as a as a block purchase for the talent attraction kind of consulting projects then those would take the typical consulting project costing method so we look at the scope size of the company you know what aspects that they need help on and based on the number of man hours or the total effort uh, that will be required then to estimate the the project cost so in Singapore, uh, a lot of the clients would be local companies, and then they would also look to apply for grants. Uh, like you know, Enterprise Singapore has the Enterprise Development Grant, which covers up to eighty percent uh, of the uh, reimburses up to eighty percent of the project cost. So many of the local clients would be looking for support like this from the government to help them build their capabilities. Has the pandemic been a boon or a bane for your business? I would imagine for uh, many companies, recruitment probably would have stopped or suspended and maybe picking up slowly right now. Has it affected your businesses in any way? Actually, I would say we are quite lucky that the pandemic hasn't hit our business uh, as badly as it has many other sectors. And in fact, there are a few dimensions of it which play in our favour. So, when we talk about, like for example, automated screening solutions that can be delivered online, like our case interview screening tool, it actually has been helpful because the companies can't bring people into the office like they used to. So, so, so the consulting firm that we work with, they used to bring candidates into the office to do a problem-solving test on the computers in the office. That became not possible or not desirable uh, in, in the current age. So the fact that our solution can be delivered online became something very helpful for them. Uh, another dimension is, in a way, we have become more efficient because in the past, we used to do a lot of live meetings and probably, uh, you'll probably know like half a day you spend like traveling back and forth from different meetings. Now everything is done on Zoom. So we found that I, I can actually pack in more meetings in a day. So I work harder, but you know, it doesn't, I don't waste so much time traveling back and forth. And in fact, it's also given us the opportunity to talk to clients who are based overseas because in the past obviously they would expect you to be on site at least some of the time and the fact that now we can't travel and they don't want us to travel means that we can actually serve companies overseas or at least have conversations with them about the possibility of working together online right so i think the move some of these moves are are good for us but obviously the yeah you are right to say that most companies have paused their hiring for this year Okay, and looking into the next year as we are trickling and inching towards 2021, what do you expect to be the biggest change or disruption in your field? I think it's to do with how people uh, respond to the pandemic as it evolves, right? So on the one hand, vaccines, great. People are happy about that. On the other hand, we hear, hey, in the UK, there's a new strain that is even more contagious. So I think there's going to be actually uncertainty and volatility are going to be baked into the business cycle. And the challenge of like how companies deal with that uh, becomes quite uh, critical to who will succeed and who will, who will thrive. So we've also sometimes talked to clients about things like contactless hiring. Like how do you continue to hire, onboard, train, engage and retain your staff if you don't meet them face to face? Right. So I think there's a, there's a that dimension that we can help companies with. At the same time, hopefully, 
there will be a general economic recovery. So more companies will be looking towards growing their team, hiring more people again. And what's next on the roadmap for your business? What are you focusing on over the next few months and next year? So we are looking to expand the range of trainings that we can provide online. I think that's one of our main priorities. We are also talking to a lot of startups and the VCs that invest in the startups to help them with the hiring and scaling. I think that's an area we found great interest because what we, what we do with them is what we call build, operate, train, transfer. So we build and operate their recruiting or talent acquisition process for a couple of months and then eventually train their team and transfer the process to them. So this sort of both solves their short-term need to hire people and their longer-term need to have uh, some independence, right? Not have constant reliance on, on recruiters or headhunters to, to hire the people that they need. So we are quite excited about a number of these opportunities. And we're also always looking for partners to help us to work with on, on different aspects, right? So for example, you, you know a lot of the HR tech guys in Singapore, and many of them are very focused on providing their solution. But very, most of them are also very reluctant to get involved in helping their com- the companies make some of the changes after they discover the insights. You know, the, the data and, the, and their tech solutions give them insight into the problem. But the, then the question becomes, okay, what do I do about it? How do I fix it? So we are talking to uh, different tech providers to say, why don't we come in and help the, your clients fix the problem that you have identified for them? So for example, the applicant tracking system providers, they will have very good data on like how many applications you receive, you know, what is the fun, what does your funnel look like? What is the attrition from stage to stage? How long do you take uh, to process a candidate? So that's all useful insight. But how do you translate that into action and solutions? Right? The ATS provider wouldn't do that. But we can come in and say, okay, we need, what you need to do is to shorten your processing time. You need to improve your uh, candidate engagement through this part of the funnel. You need to increase your offer win rates. And we can jump in and provide the solutions. So you know, one, of the, one of the things that we definitely see is engaging uh, providers within the HR tech space to uh, work with them on, on this, right? So that both we, well, their clients get more value uh, and, and actually solve their pain points. And hopefully that sort of builds a mutually beneficial cycle within, within the whole HR tech community. And for HR tech vendors who is listening to this, you may want to get in touch with Eugene to learn more on how they could help you. And for people interested to learn more, where can they go to? Yeah, so we have our website, uh, talentcraft.com. So that's, the, that's a good starting point. Or you can always reach out to me on LinkedIn. So Eugene Go on, on LinkedIn. Uh, we can put the link, I guess, in the, when we, when we uh, publish this. Yeah, and looking forward to hearing from, from all of you. Yes, as Eugene mentioned, this will be in the show notes. And I'd like to extend a huge thanks to coming onto the show. And I wish you continued success with your journey with Talentcraft. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can refer to the show notes for links to more information about our guests and their businesses. If you enjoyed this podcast, it would be helpful to give a review on iTunes or follow me on Spotify. If you're using Overcast, please hit the star button under the episode. That will help get this episode and podcast out to more people who may find it useful. I'll see you in the next episode of The Agent Han Show.